Welcome to Explore the Word podcast. Hope you're having a great day. As we continue in our survey of the Old Testament, the next is Song of Solomon. The Hebrews entitled it the Song of Songs. Many liberal scholars believe the Song of Solomon was written about Solomon, not by Solomon. The contention is that it had to be written hundreds of years later because of various Persian and Greek loanwords, words that were not known to be Hebrew. So just a little context for you. So we looked at last time how nations from around the world and in that known world were coming to visit Solomon. Queen Sheba is an example of that. Um, and they would bring with them what they were doing. And there's no reason to think that there would not have been people from Persia who would come. And there's no reason to think that Greeks would not come. Uh, you know, Homer, pretty famous writer, a Greek writer, you know, he was 175 years before Solomon. So like the Greeks were around, they existed as a society. So, uh, you know, we need to keep those things in mind. And the many visitors, uh, no doubt some of his foreign wives, you know, the foreign wise families were coming for a visit too. But at any rate, it's not, it's not impossible to consider that be a, a part of the reason why. The authorship of by Solomon is confirmed by the internal and external evidences. The opening verse of the book says the Song of Solomon, which is Solomon's. I mean, like, you can't get it any clearer than that. Uh, he's referred to five times in the book. Last one addressing him, uh, my vineyard, which is mine before me, thou, O Solomon, must have a thousand, and those that kept the fruit thereof, two hundred. Uh, Solomon wrote 1,500 songs, and this is the only one preserved uh, for us. And the, the, how we know that many number of songs was written is recorded for us in First Kings chapter 4, verse 32. There are many references to flowers and trees, actually 21 different types, and animals, 15 different species are pointed out. And this points to Solomon because he was a specialist in these things. First Kings 4.33, And he spake of trees, from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springeth out of the wall. And he spake of beasts, and of fowl, and of creeping things, of fishes. That's reference to Solomon. So that, again, these externals just you know, lift it up that Solomon wrote this. And geographically, references to both the north and the south, Israel, speak of when the nation is still in unity. Okay, it's not divided yet. Uh, so you can't write this after Solomon about him because after Solomon, the nations or the nation of Israel split in two in uh, 931. And as well, Jewish tradition uh, held, held Solomon as the author. Uh, and apparently the Jewish people read the Song of Solomon every year at the Feast of the Passover. So the day of the writing uh, is approximately 960 BC. The song was probably written after he became king. He had gathered many chariots from Egypt. He extended the vineyards in the North Valley of Jezreel. I mentioned in um, my last episode, I believe that the Song of Solomon fits well as, uh, as early as him being king. Probably reflects the middle years and in his Ecclesiastes, his later years. And um, the three books ref reflect Solomon as a lover, a wise man, and a preacher. So Solomon's preoccupation with women might very well have been influenced by his father and his numerous uh, romances. Uh, 
you can find that in the Bible, what David did. It certainly was part of convenience that Solomon had these marriages to promote peaceful alliances in neighboring states. And I am by no means promoting such thing, but that was the reason. Most of these women were of high social standing or royalty themselves. Generally not rural maidens of low social status. This fact sets this romance and marriage to Shunammite as quite unique. His love for her is because of her beauty and character. It wasn't because of a potential peace treaty or a political or connection. All right. The songs, the Song of Solomon is primarily like rural setting. Um, there are flashes of the royal court in Jerusalem, but the speeches uh, are full of images of gardens and trees and flowers and wooded mountains, wild animals, vineyards, um, fountains and streams. I mean, it's all there. Uh, places named from Engedi and Jerusalem in the south to Mount Gilead, Mount Hermon, and Lebanon in the north. So it, it actually covers a lot of Israel. Um, and just a little cultural information for us. Weddings in ancient Israel were of great importance to both the family and the rural community. They were usually a week-long festival. Okay, like the, a week-long of celebrating. Uh, in which the bride and the groom... They were treated like royalty by the locals. Like this was their time to shine, shall we say. And uh, so this, this is a little bit of cultural information just to help you understand that. The question does arise as to what part religion had in this Song of Solomon. To all appearances, it's a love song with little relation to faith in God. The name of God is not even mentioned. The song of love was deemed sacred, and that's what another name they used for Song of Solomon, by Israel for its beauty, beautiful, figurative, and frank description of marital love. It fits the marriage relationship, or sorry, lifts the marriage relationship to a high plane of sacred duty, as described in Genesis chapter two, verse twenty-four. There shall, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now the purpose of the Song of Solomon, there's two. Historical purpose of the book was to celebrate uh, Solomon's wedding to a beautiful Shulamite uh, and to express the pure delights of human marriage in its most intimate relations as a gift from God. Coupled with the positive emphasis is the constant reminder to the younger to wait, to maintain that sexual purity for a time that properly express it in their own marriage union. The religious purpose of the book on the historical lesson of pure marital love is to portray the love relationship between the Lord and his people. So in the Old Testament, it's Israel and Yahweh. And in the New Testament, it's Christ and the church. No other book in the Bible expresses marital intimacy like this one. All right. Some unique uh, contributions of this book. On times, it has been referred to as the great honeymoon book of the Bible. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the song was read during the Feast of the Passover. A most, a most solemn occasion. 
Israel's covenant relationship with the Lord is many times portrayed as a marriage union. So that's another reason why it was read at that time. The twofold character of love is emphasized. The Song of Solomon stresses two features of love. It's tenderness and it's fierceness. It's gracious, tender in its affectionate care and it's fiery fierceness in its protection. It is seen to be as gentle as handling of a lily among the thorns. As a lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. So it's very gentle, right? And then very ferocious as a most vehement flame. That's said in, in chapter 8, verse 6. Uh, the power and immense value of love is, is vividly described. Many waters cannot quench love. Chapter 8, verse 7. Neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give of the substance of his house for love, it would be utterly contentment. So the idea that there's power, it's, it's significant, of great value. Uh, these two features of love are seen to be sealed on the heart and the arm. It's affection, it's tender affection and affirmation. Set me as a seal upon thine heart and a seal upon thine arm. So the Christology, there's, uh, Christ is the greater Solomon of whom the church is betrothed to. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. The Lord will yet come in royal splendor to receive his bride. But until then, his banner over us is love. And that banner... That's referred to, you know, when you would see the banner of a king, it, it meant protective care. So isn't that a wonderful thing, Christian, today, uh, that we are under the banner of Christ as Christians? I hope that's been a help to you as you understand the Song of Solomon in a greater way. And again, I really do appreciate you uh, listening in, tuning in. Have a wonderful day. Keep exploring the word. And until next time, God bless.